Hello, EKN Nation. Welcome to a new edition of the EKN Debrief, episode number 99. Uh, Tuesday, August the 2nd, as we get set to jump into our race report of the 2022 Supercarts USA Pro Tour finale. The Summer National is taking place, of course, at Newcastle Motorsports Park this past weekend in Newcastle, Indiana. We'll jump into uh, it, obviously, championship uh, weekend as well. Uh, let's have a look at our presenting sponsor, though, for today, Race Lab. The new face of competitive karting in the Pacific Northwest region is RaceLab. A full-service karting operation is located at the state-of-the-art Kartplex facility in Oliver, British Columbia, Canada, providing everything you need to hit the track or put yourself in a successful driver development program. RaceLab is the official North American distributor for the TB Kart chassis brand, providing a full range of models from Kid Kart to Shifter Kart. Villeneuve Racing Karts is their flagship product, only through RaceLab. The brand carries the name of Formula One champion and Indianapolis 500 winner Jacques Villeneuve with each model produced by TV Cart. Follow Race Lab on social media on Facebook and Instagram or load up their website at www.theracelab.ca to learn more about TV Cart and Villeneuve Racing Carts. Race Lab, race, what, uh, race with us, win with us. Well, David, it was a fantastic weekend at uh, the... Summer Nationals this year at Newcastle Motorsports Park. Weather was pretty darn good. Racing was hectic, aggressive, if anything. But uh, otherwise, just a pretty solid weekend all over. Yeah, when you say aggressive, I think we need to kind of put it in a scale factor of 1 to 10. I mean, <laughs> it's, I don't think it was a 10. No. You know, agreed. maybe more of a 7 to 8, you know. I like that. I mean, like a again, 7. It's, it's the last race in the championship. So, you know, guys are going going to push that extra little bit. Um, but yeah, overall, great racing, I think, overall, when you when you look in terms of, you know, uh, championship battles and and on track battles. And, I you know, um, Newcastle always provides great racing every time we go. And, and now we're starting to see no matter the track layout or direction, we're getting good racing. Agreed. Yeah, just uh, the, the amount of overtakes, the, just the different areas, the, the great battling. It's one of those racetracks, especially in this direction. When you start to defend when you're a leader, it brings everybody back into the fight. We saw a ton of that this past weekend. Uh, let's set this up. It, uh, the event, of course, the 2022 Scusa Pro Tour Summer Nationals finale weekend, uh, July 28th to the 31st, Newcastle Motorsports uh, Park, as I said. Uh, rounds five and six of a six-round championship. You only counted the best of five, so everybody kind of coming in uh, with the ability to drop their worst race. David, of course, had the spreadsheet out to make sure we had the unofficial champions by Sunday. Seventeenth, uh, The 13th season of the championship, David, uh, of a long-running program. Started back in 2010, but 13 additions closing in. 14 next year, 15 the year after. It's been a really, really stable program for national karting in North America. Yeah, and the weather was mid-80s all weekend long. It seemed like it was a little bit hotter than that, you know, when you're out on racetrack, um, depending on the wind conditions. Sunday had a little bit more of a of a breeze going through, so it made things a little bit cooler than it was on Saturday. And not as humid as the years in the past. I mean, we've been there uh, in summer nationals before, and, you know, everybody's got the air conditioners running yeah. underneath the tents because it was just so humid. So thankfully we didn't have the humidity this year that we've had in the past. Well, unless you were up in the, uh, the tower above the scale house where we were, <laughs> where we were with car chaser. Oh my God, it was hot up there. 
<laughs> I yeah, I'm glad I bowed out of that uh, that location and went to the <laughs> the old attic yeah. where we used to race uh, call races from 2004 to you know God knows yeah. how long. Yeah. Uh, year after year before we started moving over to the Champions Club, so. Uh, I did not miss that after being up there in 2019 or yeah, 2020 and 2021 um, did not miss that at all. It was a sweat lodge. I lost a bit of weight. There's no doubt about it. It was warm. Uh, let's have a look at by the numbers as we always do every edition of the debrief uh, last year, 253 drivers being part of the action at the uh, summer nationals this year, uh, 228 all total. Uh, yeah, obviously one of the drops was the fact that we didn't have the X30 Masters class this year. Uh, but across the board, essentially just a small drop, I think, in in all but one category. KA100 Junior moving from 34 up to 41. But everybody else, just a small little kind of essentially like about a 10% drop across the board. Micro Swift uh, at about 26. Mini Swift had uh, 32 entries. The X30 Junior and Senior, 20 for Junior, 30 for Senior. And that was a great number to be able to go racing with. Pro Shifter, I think, was one of the most exciting parts, David Cole. Uh, 23 drivers in Pro Shifter. Man, it, it was just a ton of fun to watch. It was just a stacked field of great drivers. Yeah, numbers are good across the board, really. Except, you know, obviously, um, you know, had the big cadets. Had a lot of, uh, uh, you know, 50 X 30s overall when you look in yeah. two different categories. So that's that's good. Um, you know, and the, and the quality in the X 30, that's one of the things I'm really impressed with is the quality of drivers, even though we only had 20. But the quality in X 30, I mean, any, you know, probably 70, 80 percent of those drivers could win. Yeah. And so I think that's one of the things of measuring. It's hard to measure that when you look at just numbers. Um, you know, I wish, you know, kind of like our driver rankings, we do base it on, you know, field strength of field and, and the actual numbers that are in that field. So, you know, that X 30, that's, that was probably like a 10 out of 10, you know, really, when you look at that, Agreed. Um, yeah, all the big know, guys. across the board. Yeah. Uh, you know, across again, you know, 23, we're quite into the 30, uh, that we had last year, but still 23 drivers and pro shifter. I, you know, that was an exciting field to watch. And again, just just brought you back to the old days of, you know, the S one class and pro tour when, yeah, uh, when we had yeah. a lot of drivers in that category. So, and you know, again, and, I was gonna, and then master shifter, it was like, it was like a, it was like a new group of drivers. Yeah. John Crow was in there, but we saw Justin Kelly. We saw RJ. Now we saw a bunch of other drivers kind of jump up there in the top five, top 10 and pro in the master shifter that made it really exciting. Yeah. Drivers we hadn't seen. Um, compared to last year. So again, there, there's still master drivers out there. We just got to get them to the racetrack. Sure. Um, I think that's kind of the, the biggest point uh, when you look in master racing across the country. And we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, later on. But, you know, overall, when you look at the Pro Tour, every event over the 200 marks, so again, it's still pulling those big numbers year in and year out. And again, we're into the 13th season now for Pro Tour. When the opening year, what, 2010, we were lucky to have 100. You know, that was a good number yeah. uh, when we when we first started the Pro Tour. Now they're, you know, they're consistently over that 200 mark. Um, certainly shows the longevity of the Supercarts USA Pro Tour and, uh, you know, hopefully for the future for it. Agreed. Uh, again, KA100, very, very strong. All told, 84 total entries with the uh, with the KA machine. 41 drivers in junior, 43 strong in senior. That made for two, David, really good races. A lot of carts. You can watch all the way over the racetrack. There's battles going, whether it was for first or 21st. There's some great racing in both those categories. Yeah, certainly. It's the, you know, it's that 
the, the big pack racing that we uh, are see are seeing is coming in that K 100 categories, both senior and junior, you know, certainly senior. That was, that was a bit chaotic uh, on Saturday, a little bit more subdued, but still a, a race to the finish line uh, both days and, and K 100 junior as well, you know, with, with uh, it's, it's like a game of chess. It's a moving game of chess. That's really <laughs> what K 100 racing has become. Let's uh, go to our first break in the action. This edition of the EK and Debrief, episode number 99, as we break down last, this past weekend Supercarts USA Summer Nationals. When we get back, we'll have a look at the Paddock Pass. Wins in the sport's biggest races and championships in national and regional series all over the country, they're all on Nitro Kart's growing resume. Nitro Kart continues to make its statement as the best, fastest, and winningest cadet chassis on the American market. In 2021, Nitro Kart won the three biggest crowns in America in the Microsoft division, with Matteo, Rosu, and the Scusa Pro Tour, and both the Super Nationals and the USPKS titles with Keelan Harvick. At the Super Nats alone, three of the top five drivers on the podium got there on a Nitro Kart. The results are clear. If you want to win in Cadet, get a Nitro Kart and join our team. At Nitro Kart, we're all about driver development. Nick Tucker and the Nitro Crew's racing resumes are extensive, and their passion for helping our kids learn is unparalleled. Racing is about consistent learning, and that's what we're all about here at Nitro Kart. Never wanting to quit, we've continued to extend the reach of our driver development program. In addition to expanding into the junior and senior karting categories, we've also launched Nitro Motorsports, which will field two cars this season in the Trans Am by Pirelli series, one being piloted by karting champion Brent Cruz. Not only can we develop your young driver, but we can also provide the platform if a move to cars is in your plan. And our second seat is available. If you're serious about your driver's career, contact us today. Acceleration Kart Racing is your first and only stop on the internet for carts, parts, and the safety gear you need to get you on the track. Visit shopakr.com for a great selection of karting equipment on a user-friendly website. Acceleration Kart Racing has aligned itself with many of the top manufacturers and distributors of the sport to ensure all the latest equipment is available to you, the racer. With over 20 years in business and customer support available six days a week, you can be confident about getting the right parts at the right price when you need them. Be sure to visit shopakr.com today or stop by their headquarters in Las Vegas. Make sure to follow Acceleration Kart Racing on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest specials and new arrivals. Welcome back to the EKN Debrief here on the EKN Radio Network. My name is Rob Howden, joined by David Cole as we break down this past weekend's Supercarts USA Pro Tour Summer Nationals, the finale of the program. Jumping into the Paddock Pass, some of the information we picked up. It's not really race-related, race more uh, stuff going on in the Paddock itself. Uh, this edition of the Paddock Pass brought to you by Comet Cart Sales. History, success, family. These are the three words that describe Comet Cart Sales, one of the longest tendered karting businesses in the United States. The family-owned operation is located just outside Indianapolis and has provided carts, parts, and services for thousands of racers in the near six decades of business. Their online store features everything you need, and they are continually adding new parts to their product line. Make sure you head to CometCartSales.com or call them at 317-462-3413 to be part of the Comet Cart Sales family today. 
Well, David, we uh, rolled in there, of course, on Thursday, uh, got right in there Thursday afternoon, Friday, uh, working the paddock, bunch of stuff going on. And one of the stops I made uh, was to talk to Yannick Rowland over at Parallel USA. And uh, they're actually focused on already, obviously, on 2022, but they're also focusing on the summer nationals and I mean, the super nationals and development for 2023. Yeah, they have a, a lot of entries coming over for Super Nationals, and among them are the the carts that they're going to be utilizing, and that's looking towards the 2023 season. Uh, you know, talking with Yannick, he said, you know, having, you know, the the MG tire being utilized in Europe for, for a number of races, it's helping the development because they have different track conditions, obviously, than what we have here. So they're able to kind of go back and forth and understand a little bit better. And they're, they're focusing on getting the full size chassis uh, a little bit more developed and a little bit more to the liking for the tires that we do run over here. And uh, so that's kind of been what they've been uh, focusing on moving forward, uh, getting ready for a 2023 season. And then this cart is going to debut at the Super Nationals. Um, they were utilizing it with uh, Zachary Clayman DeMello this weekend and X30 Senior. So again, a lot of uh, focus is always to the future uh, in karting. For <laughs> it's a it's a never ending cycle, that's for sure. We already started talking about the Super Nationals, of course, talking to Yannick at Peril in USA about it. They're all thinking about it, you know, talking to some of the teams about how many guys they've got coming in. Had a chance to sit down and talk with Tom Kutcher about it a little bit, and you know, the amount of entries that came in the first couple of days, the uh, onslaught, David, of uh, entries coming from Australia. They haven't been able to run the Super Nationals for a number of years with COVID. And, and they were like, I think, 60 of the first 200 were Australians uh, coming in. Uh, the, X30, the X30 Masters class already up to over, over 30, I think. And it's, of course, only one deal. So that was kind of one of the things we picked up on, David, was the fact that the Masters classes are kind of on the clock right now because Master, X30 Masters looks pretty good. Masters shift, they're pretty strong at the, at the Summer Nationals, but we need more drivers coming in. And then Supercarts USA offering up the uh, KA100 Masters category this year something new for 2022 yeah it's something that hasn't really been published or publicized or promoted with supercarts usa is the 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 deadline they have situated for them any of the masters categories um you know as you were already past that for x30 master which was one of the first categories usually to sell out now it's getting back into uh you know getting the big numbers in that category uh, the, the question is, is master shifter and the new KA 100 master is, are those categories going to reach that 25 pre-entries by August 21st? That's the deadline set out by Supercar USA that, uh, they're looking to make sure that these categories are at least halfway full so they can, uh, provide them in, in the time limited space that we do have at the super nationals. Again, we're looking at, uh, how many categories are we? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten categories again. So it, it does put a little time strength with only KA Senior and X30 Senior. The only categories they're opening up past the 44 mark. Well, the crazy thing is I think the Masters guys uh, as a whole, as a, as a community – always aren't, you know, they're not in a huge hurry, right? They're not, they're not the ones that are, they're not Europeans trying to get in. Normally the, the, over the last couple of years, masters really haven't hit the, you know, 44 cap really quickly. So guys have had time to take, you know, maybe just take your time. Yeah. I'll, I'll enter in September. I'll, I'll enter in October. I don't need to get it done. Excuse me. putting the pressure on it here a little bit and saying, listen, guys, we, you know, if, if you guys don't have this class, we're going to add, you know, we'll add another group for, for micro or for junior or whatever it may be. Right. So really if the masters guys want to have, 
their time in the sun at the Super Nationals. They got to get off the couch and, and get entered. That's the bottom line. Yeah, that's the bottom line. You know, looking at uh, Master Shifter, I think we're at the around 13 drivers right now entered in the, right now. But talking through the paddock, you know, Jordan Muster's already confirmed he's going to be racing uh, Master Shifter. Uh, a couple other drivers as well too that haven't quite entered yet so we're waiting to make got to start pushing them in such like yep. a sketchy barnes um chris jennings some of these guys who have been longtime sh- you know master shifter drivers uh we got to get those entries in i think uh i don't think we're going to hear ryan kinnear but i'm sure a lot of the west coast guys as well too need to start getting uh their yep. entries in i'd like to see kevin woods in there as well too um, you know, and then KA 100 master, not a lot of people, uh, are no, or even know the category is happening right now. So I think that's kind of the major push right now. We've talked to a number of teams that, uh, you know, they're looking at possibly getting three or four per team there that were at, uh, summer nationals this past weekend. So again, getting the West coast guys, getting, you know, a dozen from the West and a dozen from the East all in entered and get them in, in the next couple of weeks. And, uh, we'll have a category. Agreed. Yeah, then it opens the door up for any any international drivers who want to come over as well. And you, David, you had mentioned on the weekend uh, with KA100 Master running in the morning, X30 Master running in the afternoon. I think I think Master Shifters in the afternoon as well. Those other Masters drivers, if they want, they could do double duty as well. Uh, yeah, KA Master is in the morning, and then both X30 Master and and Master Shifter are going to be in the uh, afternoon. So that does help. Uh, in terms of double duty, you know, I, it, it kind of hurts anybody that wants to do X30 master and master shifter, but allows certainly a driver to do X30 master and K100 master or master shifter and K100 master. So, yeah. um, yeah, there's certainly opportunity. I, uh, you know, Chris Jennings is a driver looking at possibly doing both shifter and K100. So there, there's a driver there. We're talking sketchy barns, trying to get him to do both as well too. Uh, you know, we got to get, we, I know Mike Smith probably wants to be on the announcing team again, but you know, I, I really like to see him uh, racing that KA 100 master after seeing him pick up that California rock championship victory uh, at Pat's acres. He's certainly uh, uh, among the top hundred CC master drivers in the country. So oh, that's, that's yeah. what we got to do. We got to get, we got to get the best of the best. It's got to be the top gun of hundred CC racing there. That's it. That's it. Speaking of Masters Racing, one of the cool stories on the weekend was uh, the arrival of Justin and Tiffany Kelly running in the Master Shifter class. Uh, you know, we see this, you know, David mentions this husband and wife team that are there, and he talks about the fact that he saw pictures on Tiffany's uh, Instagram feed that she was wearing an indoor karting news uh, racing suit. And for those of you, this, we're talking 13 years ago, I had e-karting, obviously we have ecartingnews.com, but also for a while, published a website called indoorkartingnews.com. We sampled all the local indoor kart tracks. We covered all the leagues that were going on around the country for our partner tracks. Um, and then we eventually did a deal with Rob Niles for the Machismo 500 event, which is an event in, uh, in the that, that, they run, that they run at CalSpeed. They run, of course, at the Supernats. They did in 2008, 2009. And I had an all-star, I had an all-star team for the uh, Indoor Karting News crew. And Justin was one of the guys that won an all-star seat to be part of the Machismo 500 to run in the sport class. And we ended up winning and Mike Smith was on that team as well. So this, everything comes full circle. We find out that Justin and his wife were there. I went over and says, hi, we hadn't seen each other in 13 years. Uh, and just a pretty cool weekend all told uh, David, he rolls in with he and Tiffany, some CRG chassis. They bought what four IME SSC 175s on eBay 
He kind of builds his own motors, and then he goes out and ends up winning on the opening day. Just a really good feel-good story for the weekend. It, it was. It, it, you know, it was, a uh, again, full circle. It got to uh, connect again with, with somebody we, had, again, hadn't seen in over 13 years. Um, and just, you know, again, we had, a, we had a discussion on Thursday about, you know, all the big tents, and, and nobody races out of the back of the pickup anymore. Well, they're racing out of the back of their minivan, camping in their minivan. Sleeping in the minivan. And having an open trailer, flatbed trailer that they that they transport their carts with. So again, it does you know it carts don't matter what how you get them to the racetrack. It's just a matter of prepping it, getting the engine right, and making sure that you yourself as a driver are ready to go and ready to compete. That's really all that matters. Um, you know, it, the rest of it is just you know how you feel comfortably off the racetrack. Really, is what it boils down to. Yeah, one of the cool things, too, is Justin talked about the fact when we were there for the Machismo 500, which ran overnight. It was at the Super Nationals uh, in 2009. Super Nationals went all day long, and then the uh, Machismo would run went through the night, essentially from like 6 o'clock at night to the, you know, until whatever it was in the morning. I think it was like, eight, I think it ended up being like 8 till 6, around 10 hours or something. Uh, then, then, of course, they got off the track, and everybody went racing in the morning. Well, when he was there, Justin was saying, Hey man, I would love to one day get a chance to race at the super nationals. Well, 13 years later, they're going to do it. Both he and Tiffany are entered. They're going to run the super nationals as well. So, uh, they run, they ran the summer nets. They're going to do, uh, they ran Quincy in the park earlier in the year. They're going to do rock Island and they're going to do the super nationals as well. That, this is just a, such a fantastic story that we'll key on. When we get to Vegas as well. Yeah. It's not every year you can knock off so many bucket list <laughs> events and they're doing it. You know, he's, He's, uh, you know, fully committed to motorsports. has a has a job within the motorsports community, so that certainly helps. And just has a passion. You know, they both have a passion for it, and that's what's really driving them. And and you know, they, we talked to them uh, at the end of the weekend. You know, you know, she was kind of on and off about racing at the Super Nationals. We kept drilling to her, "You got to do it. It's you. It's just you have to do it at least once. And it's better to go there, experience it." get it done, check it off the bucket list. And then you have the opportunity to do it again. Then you, then you come in a little feeling a little bit uh, easier and more confident. And then, because it's your second time around. So um, again, check it. It's kind of, you know, it, it, that's the great thing I think really with, with uh, you know, obviously the pandemic is, is people are taking advantage of the opportunities that are out there. And yeah. that's what really, you know, that's kind of a life lesson, you know, it's, it's what you need to do no matter what, you know, what's going on in your life. Make sure that you're enjoying it, having a good time. And and you sometimes sometimes you just have to do things that seem a little bit crazy. But, it you know, in the end, you, you won't look back and, and regret not doing it. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. And, and here you got Justin and Tiffany staying at the racetrack in their minivan, showering at the track. Because, of course, there's showers at Newcastle, which is awesome. One to cap off the paddock pass here. One of the cool things as well. You know, they obviously have brought their own food or went out to dinner, whatever it may be. But they also got a chance to eat twice at the racetrack because Terry Riggins and his crew, uh, you know, they were able to do a dinner. I think it was on Thursday night. And then Scusa with uh, Tom Kutcher and the Dismore family, Mike Adams, they did a full tri-tip and uh, scalp potato dinner on the other night as well. So there was a lot of opportunity for viewer trackside. There was, a, there was some comp meals from Supercarts USA and, and everything just to get it all done. It was, it was a for, for the Kellys, obviously cool for everybody in the, else in the paddock. Pretty cool as well. Yeah, certainly. It, and again, they make they make the Summer Nationals a a must attend event. Uh, you know, Newcastle and Mike Adams, everybody there at the track, and then of course 
um, you know, what, uh, what Supercarts USA has been able to provide. Again, they did a Saturday night dinner between the two of them. And then Terry Riggins, as you said, Thursday night, uh, for those who took part in the, uh, in the, uh, optional practice day session. So overall, again, there was just, it was a busy weekend with a lot of different activities going on. Again, I, I know I wasn't able to get to see everybody. Uh, I got to make the, uh, make the round one day. And that was it, you know, just yeah. nonstop busy action throughout the weekend. It was. All right, let's go to another break, folks. When we get back, time to start going class by class. After this commercial break, we will go into the race report. Ready to step up your game? Joining the Rawlison Performance Group is the obvious choice to take your racing to the next level. Industry-leading driver development is provided by our staff of multi-time national champions, Super Nationals winners, and Team USA members. And at the same time, RPG continues to be a national level powerhouse race team. Our goal is to help you raise your game and win races. We work with all age groups and are focused on developing those cadet and junior drivers who are ready to take the next step in their racing program. Rawls Performance Group has set a new standard with our in-house engine program, AVP Engines, headed by Alex Vincent. AVP has become the benchmark in IAMI competition. We have the largest OTK inventory that follows our race team, providing trackside parts at all the major events in North America. RPG also offers multilingual support with French, Spanish, and Portuguese-speaking staff. If you want to fight for championships or want to improve your skills and your chances to win, the answer is to call RPG at 503-260-4514. The Rawls Performance Group. We race to win. Powered by technology, DID racing chains have a worldwide reputation for superior quality and reliability. Meticulously engineered and manufactured in Japan, DID Genuine Parts are the world's number one original parts supplier for Japanese and European motorcycle manufacturers. A rich racing tradition where results speak for themselves, DID prides itself on engineering the most technologically advanced chains on the market to help you excel on and off the track. DID's SDH pin treatment creates an extremely hard chromium carbide layer on the pin surface that houses a soft inner core to absorb extreme shock loads. DID's 219 HTZ racing chain boasts this SDH pin technology, which leads to longer chain life as well as excellent energy transmission to the wheels. Available in the gorgeous gold, the 219 HTZ is the ultimate racing cart chain. Pick up a DID chain at your local dealer today, because when winning is the only thing that matters, go with DID. Welcome back to episode 99 of the EKN Debrief, our race report of this past weekend, Supercarts USA Summer Nationals, the Pro Tour finale at Newcastle Motorsports Park. Rob Powden and David Cole here with you. Uh, the race report, let's jump into that. But first, we'll talk about the fact that it's presented by Skip Barber Racing School. Are you looking for the next step in racing? Go from carts to cars with the Skip Barber Racing School. Skip Barber alumni are champions in every motorsport series, including Formula One, NASCAR, IMSA, and IndyCar. Get behind the wheel of a Skip Barber Formula 4 car featuring a 160-horsepower turbocharged engine. Our highly structured and competitive Skip Barber Formula Race Series is the perfect platform to start your racing career so you can fulfill your dream of becoming a champion. 
with equalized race cars and a focus on driver development, your driving skills will determine if you end up in victory lane. Learn more about the Skip Barber Racing School at skipbarber.com or call 866-932-1949. All right, let's dive into it here. Now, as we normally do, I'll throw the class out. I'll give you the headline. David will start filling in some of the information. We'll start with, of course, X30 Pro. And here's the headline. Five for five for Norberg with weekend sweep. Five and five. Five and five. That's not five for five. Five 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 yep. straight victories for the to end the drive for five is essentially five. what the title is. Yeah, um, wow. it didn't look that way with Norberg uh, struggling a little bit on Saturday to begin with. Ended up eighth in qualifying as Hayden Jones's RPG teammate was able to use the draft behind him to uh, to set the fast time in the qualifying session and then held off a charging Norberg in the pre-final for the victory in that race. So RPG was a 1-2 and filling up the front row in the main event, and Norberg able to get out and away uh, after some early fighting. Um, actually, he had a penalty in the pre-final. I forgot about that. That's so right. he actually started fourth in the pre-final, uh, but eventually got up into the lead by lap five after some early early shuffling, a lot of crazy craziness uh, going on in those opening laps. Uh, essentially Norberg got up into the lead once again by lap five. And from there, uh, was able to drive away. His victory would have been, uh, over seven seconds, but he had a partial pushback bumper, uh, due to some of that opening lap skirmish going on and actually only finished four seconds ahead of the field for his fourth victory on the season. Yeah. Diego Ramos coming in second spot. Hayden Jones, uh, still strong. As we said, you, Qualified on pole one, the pre-final, ended up finishing third in the race ahead of Edward Ports, who had a pretty solid return to the Scusa Pro Tour, having not driven for a while. Ports finishing in fourth ahead of Jeremy Fletcher, who David was the hard charger as well. Fletcher started back in 30th position and drove all the way back up to P5. Yeah, contact in the opening lap of the pre-final knocked him off the racetrack and out of the race. So uh, obviously a little bit of a less tire wear on his uh, Evenco tires to be able to help knife his way up through the main event in the 18-lap race uh, up to the fifth spot. Again, that was a it was a pretty t- dicey battle for the second spot behind Norberg, and Fletcher was able to put himself up in that pack. Pretty good qualifying session on Sunday morning to begin Championship Sunday, but it was actually Blake Nash who laid down the fast lap to grab by the P1 in qualifying. Yeah, draft certainly a big part in the qualifying at Newcastle Motorsports Park with those two long straightaways to uh, to kind of set your lap up in the national reverse direction. Uh, getting out of one is very key because you have that long run down the big pond straightaway to I-70 quarter and then I-70 all the way back to scoreboard. Those two long straightaways certainly set up a, a good draft scenario. And I think uh, Blake Nash was able to get himself behind a couple of carts to be able to get a good pull and put down a very good lap. Unfortunately, he got shuffled back to, I believe, what, 10th in the pre-final. So it wasn't a good race for him as uh, as the, the uh, four-time champion and then provisional champion at that point. Uh, Ryan Norberg was able to put himself up into the lead and score the race win. And again, the main event, again, they tried to get Norberg early on. Unfortunately, were not successful. And Norberg went on to lead all 18 laps in the main event to score uh, his fifth straight victory to put a big cap on what his, his fifth Supercars USA Pro Tour Championship. Absolutely amazing for, for Ryan Norberg. Again, uh, running in reverse national at this track at, at Newcastle, it's a bit of a kink. 
after they get the green. They needed the right hand I-70 hairpin, which really shakes everybody around. If, if a driver is able to get out cleanly, man, and same thing out of turn number five, you get a pretty good gap. And that's really what Norberg was able to pull. He, he really wasn't challenged. 2.9 seconds, as David said, was the uh, the margin. Uh, Hayden Jones, though, David, able to come back up. There was The, the racing behind Norberg was fantastic. Frankie Mossman was in there. Pedro Hiltbrand. Uh, Jones, as we said, was working his way back forward. It was a pretty aggressive race and just a ton of fun to watch. Yeah, Jones got started, I believe, 11th, so was able to knife yeah. his way up into the second spot. Garrison held that position for a little bit before uh, Pedro Hildebrand took over, and then at towards the end of the race is when Jones was able to secure that position to uh, to get his second podium of the year and essentially put himself on the championship podium as well. Yeah, indeed. Hildebrand finished third, Garrison fourth, Mossman in fifth. Hard charge was with Juchak up 18 spots, started 30th and went to 12th. And as you said, Ryan Norberg with the championship is fifth crown in Supercarts USA Pro Tour competition. Uh, Jones with a really great weekend. Again, six races all told in the Pro Tour over three weekends. You drop your worst. Jones ends up uh, besting Fletcher for the national number two plate for next year. And, of course, Jeremy Fletcher, as we said, David, didn't have the best of weekends in terms of results, although that fifth on on uh, on Friday, uh, rather on Saturday, and he ends up P3 in the title. Chase. Yeah, P11 in the main event on Sunday, so that certainly hurt his uh, his uh, uh, position as the number two and allowed Jones to move up into that slot uh, when we do the award ceremony in Las Vegas at the Super Nationals. Um, yeah, so it, it was a, overall a good senior season for Jeremy Fletcher and again, a first full season for Hayden Jones under the RPG tent. Indeed, yeah. Let's move to Pro Shifter right now. Here's your headline. Kremers and Myers split wins as former world champ adds Scusa title. It was a sweep on Saturday and a sweep on Sunday. Saturday was the former FIA karting world champion, Marnie Kremers, who was able to secure his third victory of the season, setting fast time in qualifying and winning the prefinal. Kremers was able to drive away to a 3.6 margin of victory for uh, essentially clinching the uh, Supercarts USA Pro Tour Championship at the end of Saturday's action. Yeah, um, AJ Myers uh, chased hard, but uh, it was more of that battle for second, third, fourth, and fifth. He was kind of in the scrap there, kind of holding everybody off, to be honest. Hunter Pickett had a pretty great run. He ends up finishing in third, not able to get by Myers, although P4 went to, J uh, to Jake French. It was actually uh, Kyle Wick, David, on the track magic, but he had a pushback bumper penalty. Yeah, pushback bumper penalty to the Track Magic driver, so that dropped him out of the top five, moving Jake French, who was tra trying to get by Myers early on, up to the fourth fourth position with uh, Billy Musgrave rounding out the top five. Uh, hard charger on that race, Hannah Greenmeyers. They had an issue in the uh, at the start of the pre-final, I believe it was. She ended up going to the tail of the field, I think. Uh, whatever it was, she, she ended up starting 22nd, drove herself back up, but she was actually on a char big-time charge got to one of the groups and fought her way through each group that she got to tremendous run for Hannah Greenmeyer on the LN chassis under the Rawlinson performance group tent, 22nd up to sixth. Any more info on that, David, as you recall? Well, uh, we'll get into that on Sunday because, uh, <laughs> move into Sunday, yeah. uh, you know, Myers look, found a little bit more speed. I think when you talk to him, uh, during our EKN interview, he wasn't really happy with the set of tires he got on no. Saturday. And he thinks that might've been the culprit, for, uh, for his pace. Otherwise, uh, you know, he was on point all Sunday, setting fast time in qualifying, 
driving away to the win in the pre-final and then went wire to wire in the main event, uh, driving out to a 2.9 second margin of victory in the, for his second victory of the season. Let's talk a bit about the craziness because uh, Marion Kremers fell back at the green. There was contact between Kyle Wick and Hunter Pickett in turn number three. Wick went down the inside. May have got a bit of curb. I saw some video. Uh, he was not happy with Pickett whatsoever. There was a couple of pushback bumper penalties. Andrew Bedoza was racing hard with Jake French. It was uh, elbow yeah. on Championship Sunday. <laughs> the uh, Yeah, Kremers got shuffled back on that opening lap. Fell all the way back to seventh. I think he might have dropped a wheel. Uh, coming out of the green corner, if I recall the correct colors for those. Um, and so they were able to kind of shuffle shuffle by and slip I, by. He may, he may have got helped off the track as well, didn't he? Or, or like he might have been track. a little help too from, yeah. 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 Um, Bedozo was then up into the second spot. So he was, he was kind of playing defense for A.J. Myers there on yeah. that opening lap. And as they went into turn three, uh, Wick went for the move on Pickett. And it almost looked like Bedozo came to almost a complete stop yeah. at the at the apex. So it, it kind of helped had Wick had to kind of get on the binders a little bit harder, even though he was trying to go as deep as he could to get by Pickett through that corner. So a little bit of contact with with Wick into into Bedozo, and then Pickett was 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 kind of there and involved in it as well. And those two got the worst of it and were were kind of spun around and stopped and uh, kind of ended their race right there and then. Um, and then, as you said, yeah, Bedoza was a little bit of a all over the place the rest of the race as well. Um, eventually, you know, crossing the line in fifth, he got a pushback bumper penalty. A great fight for P3 after Kremers was able to get his way up into the second spot and kind of cruise there, uh, actually earning fast lap of the race in the runner up position. But uh, a great little fight between French and Musgrave on the last couple of laps. Both of those former teammates at Croc mm-hmm. Promotions USA going back and forth. French actually crossed the line ahead of Musgrave, but a pushback bumper penalty dropped him down to the fifth position. Yeah, it was. It, they, they were going at each other. It was over under. Musgrave slide in turn number fifteen. Man, they just they had a great battle a, back and forth for a, sure. A clean battle too. Oh, exactly that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They weren't beating on each other. It was just making the moves you had to make, and it was again a ton of fun to watch. Uh, second straight uh, hard charger run for Hannah Greenmeyer again, starting back twenty third this time. Uh, back up to sixth again, back-to-back sixth-place finishes. Yes, yeah, she had uh, some kind of issue both days in the scoreboard corner. I'm not sure if one day was contact and the other was something else. I'm not exactly sure, but it was both days end of the, ending her pre-final in scoreboard corner. So um, a, a similar scenario and similar results in the main events for her as she was able to get up. So essentially passing 33 carts in both the main events. There you go. Nicely done. Uh, Martin Kremers, as we talked about, the champion unofficially, of course, until Scusa comes out with the championships, but he wins the, the title by 145 points over A.J. Myers, Jake French, yet again, uh, a national number plate holder, P3 for PSL Carding. Yeah, Myers and French, they've kind of been the regular duo uh, in the pro shifter category, obviously finishing 1-2 last year, now going second and third in 2022. All right, let's uh, jump in now to the KA100 Senior Class. Here's the headline. It's a good one. Calvo double dips with first two Pro Tour victories. Yeah, this was uh, this category was kind of chaotic all day, all weekend long. Excuse me, with the uh, the racing in the main events, even in the prefinals too. A little got got a little heated, uh, and and a little argy bargy, as you would say. Uh, <laughs> 
Alex Stanfield, one of those in the championship battles, actually leading the championship coming into the weekend based on total points, not looking at drops yet. Uh, he was able to gain 10 bonus points with fast lap in the pre-final, but his championship rival, Jeremy Fletcher, was able to score the pre-final victory, and he was able he led the field uh, to the green flag for the main event in what was a wild uh, last couple of laps. It looked like we were going to have a couple drivers kind of deciding things, but they got racy and one pack caught and then another pack caught. And I think it ended up being about nine to 12 drivers there uh, racing for the victory in those last couple of laps. If you, if I, if you recall, Rob. Yeah. And what I said about this particular track, what we saw in the last couple of laps, as soon as somebody went on the defensive down into turn number three, which is the, the I-70 hairpin defensive there, defensive in five, you just lose so much momentum on the longer parts that everybody just closes up. David, you mentioned it. It was first it was one group. Then it was the next group. All of a sudden we had like 15 drivers in the lead group on the final lap. Everybody realizing, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to throw some haymakers here and see if I can't come up with something big. We saw guys diving left and right. The, the final laps were absolutely crazy. And the final, final corners were pretty wild as well. Yeah. I think we had contact and scoreboard or not, not scoreboard, um, uh, cell tower, and then the uh, the blue corner that was leading up towards the tech building. So I think Frankie Mossman was one of them. He got he got knocked off the racetrack and out of the race. Uh, Adam Maxwell as well too. Yep. Uh, a couple others. However, it all happened uh, because again it was so chaotic. You were not really sure who was going to come away with it. Calvo was able to slip away from the from all that chaos and was able to lead through the final few corners to be able to score his first Scusa Pro Tour victory. And a very emotional one as well. We interviewed uh, Oliver later. You can see it, of course, on social media. And we're going to put all our interviews up on YouTube as well. So look forward to, to seeing that on our YouTube channel. But Oliver, super emotional. You know, after so many years, David, of, of trying, being on the podium, finally getting that first Pro Tour victory wins by half a second over Jeremy Fletcher. Yeah, he was one of my uh, my uh, predictions all the time at the Super Nationals. He always kind of let me down. So this was uh, it was good to see. Uh, Calvo get that that triumphant victory at the Pro Tour. He's always been kind of so close and kind of been right there, and nothing's ever really kind of fell his way in terms of luck. So uh, this one certainly uh, kind of went his way, and he he was talking about uh, crying again during yep. that uh, that cool down lap. So well, you, you having, knew having, it was having very- having driven off the racetrack in the final corner. <laughs> That's that is true too. <laughs> It was it was only one wheel. It wasn't That's the it. actual whole cart. So it was just he did drop a wheel in the final corner, but luckily he had enough gap to uh, to be able to cross the line first. That's so funny. He ends up with the win. I said almost uh, almost six tenths of a second. Fletcher finishing in second. Parker DeLong in third spot. Aiden Levy in fourth, and uh, Peyton Phillips rounding out the top five. Hard Charger in race number one on Saturday. Adam Ali up thirty spots. Great run for him. Started forty third. Knifed his way. Carved his way. Uh, methodically up to 13th. So a great job there for Adam. Dave, come Sunday, uh, pretty interesting day all told with uh, Jeremy Fletcher going for the championship. Yeah, actually, I was looking at something. Sorry, I'd written it wrong. Um, You can can update that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, no, that's not it. Yeah, yeah, so so Fletcher coming in, uh, needing really to kind of stay out of trouble and, you know, didn't necessarily have it mathematically locked, but uh, he, you know, there's certainly going to uh, Alex Stanfield needed a lot of help. Uh, yeah. But Fletcher wasn't one to help as he went out and uh, basically followed Stanfield through qualifying. 
used him as a uh, as a rabbit to set fast time in qualifying. So he got the 10 bonus points there and then went on to win the pre-final. So earning maximum points there ahead of Stanfield. And then as they started the main event, a couple of DNFs to begin the race, essentially locked up the championship for Fletcher. So all that was going to stop him was a disqualification. Uh, so certainly Fletcher was all in for the victory. And it was uh, it was him and Saturday winner Oliver Calvo that kind of locked up and were able to kind of get away. Something that we didn't see happen on Saturday, as we talked about this time, these two drivers were able to push, push and push and wait till that final last lap to be able to kind of fight it out. Uh, between the between just those two drivers, yeah, and, F- and Fletcher just locked himself onto Calvo's real bu- rear bumper was absolutely perfect, right? Just stuck with them. They pulled away. They weren't gonna have to worry about anybody else. Last lap, of course, gets super exciting. They come through turn number thirteen, which what would you call it? the blue corner? I think the right hander that leads back to the uh, the scale house. Yep. Uh, little bump and run there, dives to the inside. Fletcher takes over the lead. Calvo goes back underneath him for, you know, for the right left right finale through the left-hander, turn 15. Calvo gets to the inside. Fletcher goes off the racetrack. Calvo stays on track, comes back around. Fletcher, of course, off the racetrack, back across the ground, straight across the grass, essentially cuts straight across uh, to you know hold him onto the cart and gets himself back on. He ends up coming across the line with the victory, but then penalties start coming down. You got a penalty for cutting the course and a penalty for uh, for unsafe re-entry back onto the course because he probably wasn't lifting, right? He was trying to go for the win, <laughs> kept her pinned, and then also had a pushback bumper as well. Yeah, uh, a lot of penalties added on to Fletcher at the end of the race. So I think all in total, it was 21 seconds oh, uh, right. that he was assessed. So he had, the, as you said, the 15 for cutting track and unsafe re-entry, and then you add in the six more seconds for the pushback bumper. You get 21 seconds which uh, essentially put him down into what I believe was a 24th position. I'm looking here right now. Uh, yeah, 24th. So uh, yeah, a 15 thought, second penalty. What do you think? Dan? I, th- I thought that was a, a lot. You know, you're going side by side in the last corner. You're going for a race win on championship Sunday. You go off the racetrack and come back on. I don't know that you call. I don't know that the 15 seconds for unsafe reentry is probably the right call. I definitely put him behind Calvo because he cut the track. Right. But I don't know. What, unsafe reentry. I don't, I don't know. How, what you do like you just get off the gas you go for the race win nobody's well there there should have been uh, there should have been a proper wall there in the first place because could have been been a barrier there you're right there could have been a barrier there which would have stopped that and you wouldn't have to worry about it because the driver would have had to come to a stop or at least you know went around it rather than because there was a straight line directly from what is it how many turns were on there 16 16 16 so So turn 15 yep Uh, there's a straight drive from turn 15 all the way to the checkered flag without having to be on the concrete. So, um, or the pavement, that's, that, that's the issue. Again, all these racetracks need to start putting in more barriers in certain locations, which, you know, will stop cutting the racetrack or provide a safer, um, uh, crashing zone. I don't know if he was trying to cut the racetrack. He literally, he just went off. He didn't, he didn't lift. Held on the other well, side. He didn't, yeah, he didn't yeah. left, went straight for the checkered flag. You know, there was no there was no attempt to re-enter the racetrack where he went off. Again, well, there's no that, way that's, that's just not going to happen, though. It's not going to happen, <laughs> but, you know, again, it's just the way that the track's laid out. And yeah. if you put up a, a, you know, a tech pro barrier or, or, or you know, uh, the, uh, the Scribner barriers in a proper location, it would stop that because, 
there was no way you were going to get to the checkered flag without going through a wall. I so, hear what you're saying. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I hear what you're saying. So yeah, it, it was a standard, that was the standard penalty that they assessed throughout the weekend. Cause it wasn't the first time that we saw it happen. Um, I want to say we saw it in um, micro possibly. I don't know if it was, I think they only did a 10 second or maybe possibly five second for cutting the track, but the unsafe re-entry that's 10 seconds by itself alone, I think. And that's, so, that's probably being full pin still coming through there. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you look at the video and, and, and or you see it in, re, in, in real life with our own eyes. I mean, it, there, there was no stopping. No. And even Calvo said he like, he had to get off the gas so he wouldn't hit Jeremy as he came through and uh, back onto the racetrack and to the other side of the racetrack yeah. in the grass. I hear what you're saying. Okay. So Good call. It was, I'll, I'll take it. I, so, it, hey, it, it was unsafe. What's, it, the, it truly end, what, was. What, what's the end result? Back-to-back wins for Oliver Calvo. He ends up coming out as the victor. Frankie Mossman ends up in second. And Josh Campbell, who was really impressive on the on the day, David, he ends up coming home P3. Yeah, sir, his first Pro Tour podium yeah. in the KA100 senior category. So a good run by uh, by Campbell, who typically is a shifter cart driver. Uh, so it's, a, it's good to see him in the single speed get up there. Uh, Cedric Lupian in the fourth spot with Vinny Maskellis in the fifth spot, he was one of those fast drivers in Utah that wasn't quite able to score a finish. So he was able to do that here at Newcastle. Yeah. Mascalis had a really strong run, especially on Sunday in the KA 100 senior class looping. Of course, as David, you said, finishing fourth, that was good enough for him to go to third spot in the championship as well. Zach Meyer, hard charger up 15 position, started 23rd, ended up 28th. Fletcher wins the championship by 86 points over Alex Stanfield. It looks like it was going to be a good head-to-head battle, but Stanfield just got, you know, and he was fast. Alex was super fast all weekend, just kind of got shuffled around and kind of wasn't in the right place at the right time at at times. And and that was kind of the nature of the day is uh, the whole weekend, David, in this category where you could have been good, but you could also find yourself back in eighth had you got hung out to dry somewhere. Uh, that's, that's the hard part with the, you know, 43 drivers out there all going for victories and you and another one are just focused on championship. So a little bit of that, you know, I think maybe he was a little bit too conservative in, in certain scenarios possibly. Um, but again, yeah, just not quite the weekend that Stanfield needed to be able to set the, uh, to be up there for the championship. Battle. All right, another quick break, folks. When we get back to this race report presented by Skip Barber, David and I will talk about X30 Junior, KA100 Junior, and Master Shifter. Don't go anywhere. Established in 1999, PSL Karting has become a powerhouse within the karting industry for North America and around the world. PSL Karting is your complete source for all Burrell Art products as the North American importer providing this top quality product through both their expansive dealer network or through the pslcarding.com online store. Whatever you need is available 24-7 online, including safety gear, parts, components, and full carding packages. All three brands, Morel Art, Ricardo Kart, and Charles Leclerc Karts are in stock and ready to hit the track. Grab your winning chassis for any category by visiting pslcarding.com to find your nearest dealer. PSL Karting is always looking for interest in new dealers and teams to help create new business relationships. Drivers looking to take their talents to the next level can join the Burrell Art North America race team competing at all the major U.S. and Canadian events this season. When you're ready to win, go with PSL Karting.
you can buy all the latest and greatest products on the market. But when you're carting to win, it boils down to one thing, you, the driver. Gain the knowledge and abilities by investing in yourself at the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy, and you'll find those extra tenths of a second you need to put yourself on the podium. The school was established by Supercarts USA Hall of Fame driver Alan Rudolph with decades of victories and championships in multiple forms of the sport, including other disciplines of racing. The Alan Rudolph Racing Academy, located at the Speed Sports Racing Park in the metropolitan Houston area, is designed to teach driving skills at all levels. The instructors of the academy have decades of racing experience and educating drivers of all ages. Classes at the academy will teach the concepts and skills needed both behind the wheel and off the track. From the beginning kart racing experience and intro to karting courses, to their advanced one-day and two-day courses and karting clinics, the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy can improve the skills of any driver. For more information on the specific programs that the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy can provide for you, head to speedsports.com and click on the Racing Academy page. Be sure to follow the Academy on social media by searching for Alan Rudolph Racing Academy. Welcome back to episode number 99 of the EKN Debrief as we break down the Supercarts USA Summer Nationals Pro Tour Finale at Newcastle Motorsports Park. We'll jump into the X30 Junior Class right now. And here's your he headline. Weldon claims first two scoos up Pro Tour victories. Yeah, again, as we talk about with the by the numbers, this category had a number of drivers that were capable of winning, and the quality of the field was was superb. Uh, speaking of Max Garcia, the May driver of the month for eCardingNews.com, set fast time in qualifying. The pre-final, however, several multiple penalties were dished out in what was a little bit of a wild race there, and it ended up being Cameron Brinkman, who has certainly been one of the hotter drivers here in the early part of the second half of the season Agreed. coming away with the, yeah. uh, with the pre-final victory that set up for a little bit of a chaotic main event with drivers towards the back, including Sebastian Weldon, who started 19th after getting put off in the last lap of the pre-final. So he was the driver on the charge. I mean, just the speed this kid had yeah. in the main event was just unreal passing drivers at will, no matter how he wanted to do it and was able to eventually move all the way from 19th into the lead ahead of Caleb Gaffera. It looked like it was just going to be these two drivers that were kind of going to battle for the victory, uh, but a little bit of um, defensive and, and trying to get around slowed them up, so it allowed a, the back the rest of a, the uh, the lead group to kind of close in and, and make for a little bit of a, a wild last lap there. Yeah, indeed. I think Gaffer was kind of hanging with him there and was trying to hold that spot, you know, set up for potential battle at the end. But then with about two to go, uh, Sebastian started to run those defensive lines. And like I said, in this particular layout, it brings everybody back into the fight. And it got pretty, pretty hectic. Uh, Weldon did end up getting the win by four tenths over Gaffera and David Brinkman finishing on the podium as well. Yeah, Haley Omeza finishing in the fourth spot with Jesus Vasquez Jr. in fifth. And much of that has to do with the contact on that final lap between Max Garcia and Aiden Ingrata. I think Ingrata was the driver who just came from nowhere and and kind of just plowed through the field there at the scoreboard corner. Actually did a couple of uh, spins in the air, a couple of uh, revolutions there around uh, as, his, as he collected Max Garcia and a couple of other carts as well too. Uh, so they finished outside, obviously, the top 10 and uh, certainly hurt uh, both their championship 
performances moving forward with Caleb sitting there in the second spot. Yeah, most definitely. It kind of broke things open for Kafara quite a bit because, uh, again, uh, Andrade making that kind of a deep move to the inside, got aggressively into the back well uh, uh, of Garcia. And as you said, a little bit of uh, chaos ensued after that, both those drivers going off. Weldon, as you mentioned, starting back in 19th, was the hard charger, not surprisingly, working his way to the race win. And again, as we said, Weldon, Kafara, Brinkman, Mesa, and Vasquez Jr., the top five. Uh, moving into Sunday, Caleb Gaffera, though, kind of knew what he had to do. They probably sat down and went over the numbers. He was super quick out of the gate, qualified on the pole, won the pre-final as well. Yeah, set the uh, set the mark. Had to get the bonus points, uh, got those in qualifying, and then scored maximum points in the pre-final to kind of put the pressure on Ingrata. As they were uh, in, the, in the race, it kind of depended on who was ahead of who. And then who also had the fast lap bonus? That's kind of what we were focusing on throughout the main event because it was both those drivers along with Weldon that were making up the lead group. So you had three drivers, two of them in the championship hunt, and then one of them looking to pick up his second victory of the weekend. So that was the focus of the main event. And David, it, it was it was exciting because Ingrata was able to get to second, and he was really fast for the first half of the race. So he had the purple lap and the ten bonus points, right? And plus, he was in front of Gaffera. So you were doing the math. He was going to win the championship by two points, but then Gaffera went back and got him, and it kind of went, kind of went back and forth. That's yeah, what, well, right. I think That's Weldon what? had fast lap at one point too, so he had taken the ten bonus points away from both of them. That's it. And then, and then yeah. as we uh, we got into the later half of the race, as you mentioned, Ingrata was good at early part, early part of the race. Gaffera was a little bit quicker than both of those in the second half, able to get the the fast lap bonus points for himself, and then position himself into the second spot. And the main object he had was to push Weldon away from Ingrata, and that's exactly what he did. Yeah, and I think he probably had championship on his mind. He was, you know, probably could have got at it, went for the went for the race, went maybe a little more aggressively. But Weldon did a tremendous job up front, holding his position, and, and ended up getting the victory. It wasn't by much, eighty nine thousandths of a second at the line. Weldon with back to back wins, his first two on the Pro Tour, uh, so big day, big weekend for Sebastian. Uh, Caleb Gaffera coming home in second. That second place enough to top Eden and Grada in the championship by 38 points. Uh, Elio Mesa once again in the top five, as was Cameron Brinkman. They were fourth and fifth, respectively. So a couple of top fours uh, for Mesa, who was really good all weekend long. A lot of speed from him. Actually was David, the hard charger in that Sunday main event. Started 20th and got himself up to P4. Yeah, contact, I think, dropped him to the tail of the field in the prefinals. So, um, again, Meza, I think this was his only his second uh, weekend in the X30 category. So, good performance by what is normally the KA100 Junior regular. And to put a cap on that class, the X30 Junior class, Max Taylor getting the national number three plate, 182 points behind Gaffer, but Taylor finishing P3. Uh, Aiden and Grada, of course, running double duty like so many. KA100 Jr., and here is the headline. And Grada doubles up in class debut. Yeah, the double duty certainly is uh, prominent in the junior category, both utilizing both categories, utilizing the same tire. So I think that has a lot to do with the reason why we're seeing a lot of the drivers doing that double duty. And Grada making his KA100 Jr. debut, Uh, on the season, certainly uh, made himself known throughout the weekend. But to begin with, it was Caleb Gaffera, who's been in the championship, was in the championship hunt coming into the weekend, not having a victory, though. 
so, but uh, but came in as the uh, the championship leader without a victory. Set fast time in qualifying. Uh, the main event was a little bit of a chaotic, or pre-final was a little bit chaotic, as similar to what we saw in X30 Junior, uh, with Spencer Conrad earning the victory after provisional winner Cooper Shipman was penalized, along with a number of other drivers. Eventually, after a couple of wild opening laps, Gaffer was the driver at the point, coming all the way up from the 16th position to what was eventually a four-driver battle. It was Gaffera and both the Iron Rock Motorsports drivers of Shipman and Meza, along with uh, who is Ingrata. Uh, so those were the four drivers that were making up the lead, lead group uh, and battling it out there in the last couple of laps. Uh, as they made their way through the, the final couple of laps, it was Ingrata that was able to escape with that top position as he edged out Cooper Shipman by 83 thousandths at the line. Yeah, the Iron Rock Motorsports guys worked well together. The minute they kind of got themselves up there, you knew that they were going to be able to play you know, play well together and, and, and get some good spots. Cooper Shipman coming second, Elio Mesa third. Jesus Vasquez Jr., a crucial fourth-place finish. Cameron Brinkman ends up in fifth, but Vasquez Jr., of course, in the middle of the championship fight, battling it out with Caleb Gaffera. He ends up getting fourth. It was actually Gaffera fourth on the racetrack, but a pushback bumper dropped him to eighth. So, David, that was a bit of a swing in terms of the championship because it put Vasquez in a better spot for Sunday. And then hard charger Charlie Smith, 22 spots up, started 38th, ended up in 16th. Yeah, that certainly set the stage for Vasquez to be the controller in the championship chase and, and put a little pressure on Gaffera to be able to uh, perform on Sunday. And the 10 bonus points didn't go to either one as Diego Ardiles was able to set fast time in the session. But Gaffera was able to come through and power his way up to the front in the prefinal. So he got maximum points there. And then as we entered the main event, Vasquez essentially needed to finish P7 or better to be able to secure the championship. At one point, I think we saw nine drivers in the lead pack. Yeah. And, and so a little bit questionable as to what was going to happen in terms of the championship. Obviously, Caleb needed to score a victory and get the, get the bonus points for fast lap of the race. Uh, unfortunately, he wasn't able to do either of those. But uh, there was certainly a little bit of, of nail biting in the Nash uh, Motorsports tent as the uh, as the laps went by, and there were nine drivers sitting there in the lead back. Oh, that was it, right? At one point, there were you know Vasquez was holding on. He was night right there. They I think fourth and fifth. They had built a big gap up to everybody behind them. But once the defensive stuff started again, everybody came back in, and you never know. All it takes is somebody to get streamed by, and Jesus could have found himself back in eighth or ninth indeed able to hold on to p5 it was the same top four guys battling up front david as you had said and grata mesa gaffera and shipman and grata ends up getting another win half a tenth of a second quicker mesa finishing in second spot all told a really strong weekend for uh elio mesa four david four races all finishing in the top four across x30 junior and k100 junior so a tremendous run for him uh, in, in the end, Vasquez winning the championship over Gaffera by 59 points. Cooper Shipman, 193 points back. And last but not least, uh, Emma Kate Scarborough, who had great speed throughout the weekend in the Heralds Performance Group Cosmic, started 31st, drove her way up to 19th position as the hard charger for Sunday's round number six. Yeah, Brinkman was that driver we saw at the USPKS Road America that was scoring uh, four top five uh, results in both the junior categories this weekend. Leo Meza being that driver, that kind of breakthrough performance to be able to score 
uh, as you said, top four finishes in yeah. both junior categories. Yeah, really great, crazy run. Again, that's why I said the, the junior categories certainly have a quality uh, field in both uh, X30 Junior and K100 Junior. Uh, let's cap off this segment talk about Master Shifter. We touched a little bit on uh, Justin Kelly uh, in our paddock uh, pass section, but here's the headline. Kelly and Crow earn season first. Yeah, it was a surprise not only to see Kelly in the paddock when we arrived, but to see him perform on Saturday. It was a dominant victory uh, on Saturday in the Master Shifter category as Kelly would go on to set fast time in qualifying lead every lap of the pre-final and just drive away to his first Scusa Pro Tour victory in the main event, winning by 5.6 seconds over some some great veteran drivers in the Master Shifter category. Yeah, Kelly, uh, again, showed his speed, uh, his hand very quickly in qualifying and really just never let up. Once he was out front, got the job done. 5.6 seconds, the advantage. AJ now ends up finishing in the second spot. John Crow had a strong run. Interesting for Crow on Saturday, running the KZ power plant on the factory cart, moved to the IMESSE on the Sunday, having saw what Kelly was able to do. So that was the end of the podium there. Mike Rivera ends up fourth and Robert Feige, uh, David capping off and uh, getting that unofficial championship with his fifth place finish in the master shifter class on Saturday. Yeah. Mike Riviera with the hard charger in Saturday's main event, getting up five spots from ninth to the fourth position. Uh, so he was a hard charger and yeah, Fiji able to secure the championship uh, with that P five finish. So one of the four drivers to be able to do that at the end of Saturday's action. Now a little different on Sunday, Kelly didn't have quite the pace in qualifying, which kind of changed things up a little bit. He wasn't able to be out front and run away. It was now that was able to get the fastest lap. Michael Guash actually stepping up big time. I think he whole shot at him too, potentially, and was able to get the pre-final win that set up for a really exciting main event. Yeah, he wasn't able to be in the fight there for the for the main event victory as Crow grabbed the whole shot in that race. And he had A.J. Noud and Justin Kelly on his rear bumper the entire 18 laps of the main event. None, neither Noud nor Kelly were able to get around the Crow show as he made his cart a little bit wider than uh, than what it appeared to be. Uh, just Just being very tough, as we've seen over the years, to be able to pass him. And uh, each and I give credit to Naud and Kelly both. They could have made things a little bit interesting and they chose not to. Gentlemen drivers, as they yeah. all were and performed. And uh, Crow, as you said, making that move from the KZ over to the IME SSE 175, able to put factory carts on top of the podium in the master shifter category. Yeah, big win for the American-made factory card. Again, that's the chassis that Billy and Willie Musgrave uh, designed and construct themselves. And Crow uh, having a good time running there with uh, Billy, as we had said. Michael Gouache ends up in the fourth spot. Chatfield rounds out uh, the top five. Brian Chatfield was the hard charger, started 11th, worked his way up to P5. Robert Feige, as we said, wins the championship. Ken Schilling finishing in second. And Michael Gouache, uh, national number three, wrapping it up P3 on that championship. Uh, all right, let's go to another break in the action. When we get back, we'll, we'll wrap things up. Let's uh, cap off this edition of the debrief uh, and at least the race report segment as we talk about Mini Swift and Micro Swift after this break. In karting, it's important to be supported by the right people. With over 40 years of experience in the sport, Trinity Karting Group has everything you need to make your program successful. We do it all, and we do it right. Trackside support and arrive and drive programs at many of Karting's biggest East Coast events, full product sales and service, and professional coaching 
from our experienced staff. Trinity Carding Group is a full-service operation based at the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati, which gives us access to our custom-designed driver training facility. This allows us to offer private one-on-one -on -one coaching to take you to the next level. From arrive and drive and coaching programs to the parts you need, let Trinity Carding Group provide you with customer service and a racing experience second to none. Trinity Carding Group is an official Kart Republic race team providing full trackside support at all the major USA karting events, including the Scusa Pro Tour, United States Pro Kart Series, Scusa Super Nationals 25, and other events throughout the 2022 season. TKG has in stock Kart Republic, IAMI, MG Novinko tires, and more products for those in Ohio and the Midwest region. Trinity Karting Group has a long history of the sport, a winning pedigree, and we're dedicated to driver development. We take pride in our professional approach and our positive attitude. Let us build a custom race program for you. Give us a call at 513-421-4463 or check us out online at trinitycardinggroup.com. Kometic Gasket is a leading worldwide supplier of gaskets and engine sealing solutions for karting, automotive performance, power sports, original equipment, and the remanufactured engine industries. Kemetic Karting Gaskets are available as OE replacement top-end kits or as individual gaskets and seals. Just like competitive carters, Kemetic can operate on the fly and has the unique capability to customize any gasket to meet specific engine requirements and clearances. All of Kemetic's fiber materials are asbestos-free and do not require any additional sealants. Viton oil ring cylinder head seals are used in each two-cycle kit and Kemetic's four-cycle engine kits feature only the most advanced multi-layer steel head gaskets. Kemetic can tailor to engine builder-specific needs through bulk ordering and packaging flexibility. Kemetic gaskets are must-haves for championship-winning teams across multiple disciplines of both professional and amateur motorsports. Kemetic gasket, sealing championships since 1989. Back at it here on the ECAN Radio Network with episode number 99 of our, of our ECAN Debrief podcast, where we dive into one of the events we've recently been trackside at. This one, of course, the Scusa Summer Nationals Pro Tour Finale. Into the race report here, we'll cap things off. This race report brought to you by Skip Barber. Here's the Mini Swift category. Number of drivers doubling up on the weekend. This one included Harvick doubles for career firsts in Mini Swift. Yeah, Harvick was one of those drivers who was not at the Spring Nationals in Utah, was down in NOLA, didn't pick up the victory uh, that weekend, certainly making his uh, Scusa Pro Tour Mini Swift debut that weekend. So this was really only his second weekend in the Mini Swift category, ran obviously the Winter Series program, has been picking up a number of victories in USPKS competition as well too, uh, but still went, was winless on the Pro Tour in the Mini Swift category up until this weekend. Gage Bailey, another driver looking to get his first Pro Tour victory, set fast time in qualifying, but it was pre Harvick that would go on to win the pre-final. And then in the main event, it was the top two drivers of Harvick and Lucas Palacio that were able to kind of get away and be able to decide the victory between those two. Harvick able to hold off Palacio uh, to the finish line. Palacio ended up crossing the line in second, but was docked three seconds for blocking uh, towards the end of the race, if I recall correctly, or might have been in the middle part. 
Um, that promoted Asher Osteen up into the second spot. That put Michael McGowell into the third. Did I say that right? I think, I think they say Michael McGoy. McGoy, yes, McGoy. Uh, Jack Iliff ended up in fourth, and that essentially gave him the provisional championship with the fourth place finish there. Well, Johnny Stamps rounded out the top five. Yeah, Johnny Stamps had a good weekend, all told, throughout throughout the entire uh, Summer Nationals. Uh, Oxteen, as you said, in second, McGoy in third. And still, even with the penalty, David Palacio getting, being the hard charger, he started back in 20th and powered his way forward to second, as we had said. Ended up sixth after the penalty, but uh, again, uh, just a, an issue there for blocking. On Sunday, Asher Oxteen, though, came out of the gate. He was the quickest driver in qualifying. Yeah, Harvick and Palacio were working together in qualifying. We saw them running nose to tail, but they were about seventh or eighth overall when the uh, the checkered flag waved on the session as Asher was able to put himself on top of the timesheets with, with, uh, in qualifying. Uh, he was shuffled down, however, as Harvick and Palacio worked together again. This time it was Palacio that made a great move in the final few corners to be able to score the win in the pre-final. Uh, and then again, working together, the top two nose to tail got away from the rest of the field. Jack Iliff was there for a little bit. Unfortunately, he lost a draft as uh, the race moved on. And uh, essentially, it looked like Palasi was going to be able to challenge him. But uh, dropping the wheel on the last lap on the exit of turn three essentially gave Harvick a clear path to the checkered flag, scoring his second victory on the weekend. Yeah, a big, uh, big weekend for Harvick to uh, to make it all happen. And again, you see the drivers as, as we get to the second half of the season when the rookies, they step things up, as you said. Uh, Harvick with the win by 1.7 seconds. Palacio, Iliff, Robertson, Bailey rounding out the top five. Devin Waltz, the hard charger, uh, 18th spots up, started 31st, ended up 13th. And Iliff winning that championship over Lucas Palacio, a tremendous d- uh, job for Palacio, his rookie season. Uh, in Mini Swift, ends up uh, finishing in second, the number two plate. Iliff David, how impressive is this young kid? Uh, three championships over four years, two titles in micro, second last year in Mini, and then moves up one step. Three titles over two years. Iliff's a special young driver for sure. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the uh, I was going to say the Sunday podium, two rookies, one, two, and then Palacio, the top rookie uh, in the championship. Uh, you know, finishing that in second spot. But I live certainly among the, the top uh, cadet drivers for the United States, certainly been racing over in Europe, getting uh, more and more comfortable there with the, with the factory parallel team over there, but uh, certainly has his CV set in stone uh, with this third championship in four years. Yeah, no doubt. Let's move to Micro Swift to cap off our race report segment of this edition of the debrief. Here's your headline for Micro Swift. Procunia and Orbezo secure first career wins. Yeah, always love to see the first victories there by yeah. Micro Swift drivers. And we saw a number of them, obviously, uh, Rocco Simone and Troy Ferguson, both earning two victories on the season. And they came in as the championship leaders. But uh, the rest of the field were all gunning for victories uh, on the weekend. One of those, obviously, Procunia. Uh, being one of them. But the driver everybody was chasing to begin the weekend was Jackson Gibson, uh, a driver that was, again, trying to to race his way up onto the championship podium, uh, set fast time in qualifying, was able to win the pre-final. If I recall, he got a little bit shuffled out there at the start of the main event, so that kind of hurt his chances. Oh, no, actually, he was in the fight. 
No, he I was described. Yeah. yeah. I'm I, I forgot. Yes. I'm trying to I was trying to remember. That was that was Sunday. So yeah, Saturday, uh what was it? I would say about what six drivers maybe in the lead group on, on Saturday's main event. Uh Gibson being one of them, and of course uh Rocco Simone being the other. They were the kind of the two leaders as they made their way uh through the final lap. Uh turn 15, again, a very crucial part on that last lap uh segment. Simone was on the inside. Gibson tried to make the run on the outside because Simone went defensive. Uh, the two made contact on the exit. That sent Gibson off uh, into the grass as he uh, made his way through the grass and rejoined near that start-finish line, kind of similar to what we saw with Jeremy Fletcher, but a little bit slower version of it being the Microswift uh, category. Uh, that allowed Simone to, uh, to actually cross the line as the provisional winner. Uh, unfortunately, he was penalized five seconds for contact. And then uh, with Gibson crossing the line in second, he was given a five second penalty for cutting the racetrack. So that essentially moved uh, Procuna, Procuna, Procuna up into the top spot, earning his first Pro Tour victory. Yeah, indeed. Royce Vega coming home in second. Drew Waltz rounding out the top three. Parker Ives and Antonio Pazonia Nito uh, finish, finishing in the uh, fourth and fifth positions. Mateus Romalho actually fast uh, or hard charger rather started 26th, able to get his way up into a strong top 10 finish. And then based off the, you know, the, momen uh, the momentum, David, of the win on Saturday, uh, Procuna goes P1 qualifying on Sunday morning. Yeah, he was a, a quick driver all weekend long, in the mix all weekend long to uh, to kind of put himself there. Wasn't at the Spring Nationals, so again, this was my first time seeing him at the. Uh, he was at the the, uh, the Winter Nationals down in Nola, and wasn't quite in the pace that he showed this weekend. Something about uh, maybe the Newcastle track that he certainly likes, but uh, Procunia was there fast time in qualifying. Uh, a good race in the pre-final as Jackson Gibson came from outside the top 10 to be able to score uh, that race win. But a uh, little bit of chaos at the start, if I recall, the opening corner, which is turn three for the main event. Uh, Matthew Cagle, I believe, was on the outside. Gibson on the inside. They kind of made some contact. I think Cagle got spun in the middle of the racetrack and everybody was sent scattering. So it shuffled up the field a bunch, yeah. uh, put obviously Gibson towards the back. It puts uh, Cagle towards the back and another one, Troy Ferguson, uh, one of the championship contenders, the double uh, winner nationals winner. He was back all the way to, I believe 17th at the start or at the opening lap of the main event. Uh, in the end, uh, the battle came down to the final of a couple of corners and in that 14-15 a co combination. Lots of lead changes throughout the entire event, but Nicolas Orbezo, David, ends up coming with the win with a, a pass in, in the uh, penultimate corner. Yeah, it was him and Marco Samut that were battling it out on the final circuit. Uh, Marco had the, had the lead uh, for up, leading up into that corner. And uh, Orbezo just made a great move. I, I didn't happen. I saw the beginning of it. I didn't see the ending of it because I was at the scale building and uh, was able to come across the line to score that first uh, Pro Tour victory. Uh, Royce Vega ending up in the third position with Romalo, uh, another hard charger performance coming from 18th all the way up into the fourth spot. Certainly that little bit of chaos uh, in the opening lap certainly probably helped him gain some spots there with uh, Drew Waltz ending up in the fifth position.
Yeah, two top fives for Drew Waltz, and as you said, uh, two hard chargers uh, for Mateus Romaljo. The championship ended up with Simone and Ferguson tying. This is not what we said during the broadcast. I think we had just talked that, that Simone had, had got the win outright for the championship. But, David, you went back into it and looked at it deeper, obviously, when you realized that Ferguson, I think, had the fast lap. I, I believe that's what it was. It was actually a tie, you're saying, in overall points. Yeah, it was uh, it was a wild finish. Again, the the lead group was jostling it up, and this allowed a second group, kind of what we saw in some other categories, to close in on those, uh, that final lap. And one of them being uh, Troy Ferguson, who we said was back into the 17th position. He actually crossed the line in seventh spot, one position behind Rocco Simone <laughs> on his bumper. And on his bumper. And I did not know that he had fast lap of the race because, again, I'm trying to do photos. I'm trying to, you know, get scale videos. I'm trying to calculate points. There's just not enough of me to go around. So, so uh, yeah, so doing our unofficial tallying uh, this yesterday and this morning, the hard charger made it a tie. 317 points for both drivers. So they came in tied 100 or 1,115 points each. And they end the weekend 317 points each to uh, to make it a tie based on the tiebreaker, according to Supercards USA uh, website, it is based on heads up racing uh, in terms of the main events. Well, for uh, Simone was able to beat Ferguson in four of the six main events. So that's uh, essentially wow. is a tiebreaker. So four to two. Wow, that's amazing. And, and kudos to both those drivers on really, really strong seasons of Ferguson coming in. And that was kind of the chaos in the end. Like we said, the battling up front, the, the guys up front had things handled. And everybody started reeling in with the, with the blocking that was going, the defensive running that was going on. That's what brought Ferguson back into it. Simone was, I think, at second or third at one point. He got shuffled back to, to sixth or seventh. It was just the chaos at the end was wild, and of course, it ends up uh, playing. Yeah, he, well, he was leading at one point. We at thought the point. champions in, championships in hand. <laughs> and, and Ferguson was like five. He, I want to say, he was over seven seconds back at one point. And at up, least, I mean, seventeenth. He was seventeenth yeah. when he crossed the line, and it wasn't again. It got shuffled up all because of the turn three incident on that opening lap. And wow. again, I literally left the 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 the, the attic. Thinking, okay, well, Ferguson's not going to close up that 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 amount of gap over right. 18 laps. There's no way. <laughs> and he did. <laughs> and uh, he did. He did. A couple, yep. couple of podium finishes for Royce Vega to put him P3, national number three for Royce, 148 points back of that tie-breaking battle up front between Simone and Ferguson. All right, that wraps up the class-by-class class race reports. When we get back after this final break in this edition of the debrief, we'll look at the uh, the wrap things up. We'll look at the Constructors' Championship. We'll have a look at the EKN trackside live race calendar. When we get back after this break, we'll cap off this edition of the debrief. Are you ready to go from carts to cars? Since 1975, the Skip Barber Racing School has taken great drivers and made them champions. Today, we're proud to welcome the next generation of winners. Make the transition from carts to cars with the Skip Barber Formula Race Series. You'll compete at the most iconic tracks in America. Race weekends include your very own equalized Formula 4 race car, a professional crew, expert instruction, video and data analysis, hospitality, and more. This is the place to fulfill your dream of becoming a champion. Sign up today by calling 866-932-1949 or visit us at skipbarber.com.
the Briggs & Stratton 206 engine is where out-of-the-box ease and outstanding consistency meet to create legendary races. Briggs & Stratton's history of motorsports dates back to when the first engines came off the assembly line in the early 1900s. Their focus on the grassroots level continues to help build generations of racers. Since 2008, the Briggs & Stratton 206 has gained a following that has the engine powering the largest fields in North American karting today. From the club level of track programs to traveling regional series and national events, Briggs & Stratton competition provides the most exciting racing in the sport. Engineered and hand-built exclusively for racing, every Briggs & Stratton 206 engine is power tested and serialized before it goes in the box. Carters can take that engine straight from the box to their cart and be on the podium at the end of race day. Be sure to follow Briggs & Stratton Racing on Facebook and through at Race Briggs on Instagram. To learn more about the 206 engine or to find the North American dealer near you, head to BriggsRacing.com. Briggs & Stratton Racing, what powers you? Welcome back to episode number 99 of the ECAN Debrief as we wrap things up for the Supercarts USA Summer Nats on our ECAN trackside coverage. My name is Rob Howden. David Cole, of course, joining us here. Uh, I was up in the booth the entire weekend with Xander Clements and Kart Chaser Cole, as he said, uh, doing quadruple duty. Uh, with everything that we were doing to pr pr provide the content throughout the weekend. And big thank you to those of you who dropped us messages. Uh, loving the content. We had the, you know, David, you mentioned we had the videos coming off the scales. We had the race report, all the social media coverage with the top tens. We did our, uh, just our stuff on Instagram as well. We did a bunch of interviews at the end of the, of the day. We've been doing those lately as well. So those will be available all as a combined unit on YouTube as well. Uh, David, great, great job, man. My, my man, on, on this weekend, you were busting your ass all weekend long, and I do appreciate it. Uh, let's wrap things up, though. Eight straight summer nationals at Newcastle Motorsports Park. It really is kind of the home now of the summer nats. Um, obviously, the Cutchers and the Dismores uh, love working together for, for the program. I, people talk about the national reverse layout. I love it. There are so many places to pass. And that 3-5 combination, the way it all plays out, especially on the opening laps and on the last laps, Man, it makes for some great racing at the end. Well, it, it takes away the draft victories. That, and that's that's what I love about it because, yeah, you can set up a draft yep. in the early part of the lap, but you still got to get through the second half of the lap in order to be good and be able to come across the line as the winner. And so it puts more emphasis on driving than it does drafting. And I, I love that because I love, you know, there's passes at the green corner, passes yep. at the scale building, passes in turn 15. And even drivers trying the slingshot move just at the start finish line, you know, as we saw in Grada won both his races by under a 10th of a second. So yep. there were photo finishes, not quite the same ones we're used to with the, the long drafting, you know, defending line or three wide. It wasn't quite that finish, but it was still some exciting finishes uh, on the weekend. Again, I think overall, I think the racing is much better in the reverse direction. Well, and I can't disagree with you on that. Here's the one thing. Uh, when it comes to national level racing for Scusa, you know, it's all about the Super Nationals right now. The focus going on Las Vegas. They do have a race at Santa Mar uh, Maria for the Pro Card Challenge. But, man, national-wise for Supercards USA, next up, the 25th edition of the Super Nats. We talked a lot about it in the paddock. It was a lot of chatter talking about getting back to Vegas. It certainly was. You know, it, it being the 25th, edition of the Super Nationals, going back to the Rio, going going back to the unofficial home of, of the Super Nationals. 
the, you know, talking, we already talked about all the master stuff going on and then just, um, there's the prize money. I know we haven't published it on the website, but excuse it did put it on their website over the weekend. Something we weren't aware of until Sunday talking with Tom Kutcher. We'll jump but on that. He, he's going to have, you know, $15,000 to win in pro shifter and X 30 senior. So, uh, a big money going up for grabs. So again, you know, we, we don't have much time, even though it may seem like it's going to be a long time. It's going to come quickly. And, uh, I can't wait to get to, uh, to the Vegas in November. Yeah, expect lots of news about the Super Nationals coming this week and in weeks to come for sure. Um, David, let's have a look at the Constructors Championship. Eight different brands scoring wins over the 16 main events. Yeah, a no, number of uh, different brands scoring victory. That's what we like to see. We like to see the diversity of the chassis winners on the weekend. Uh, three different chassis, however, winning three different times on the weekend. Cosmic, CRG, and Parolin all picking up three victories. Red Speed and Ellen Racing Cart picking up two. Braille Art, Magic Cart, and Factory Cart all earning one victory. So a good spread of victories in the chassis side of the weekend. And just looking at the top three that have three, actually three different constructors as well, not just brands. Manufacturers, right? correct. Manufacturers, exactly. yeah. Three different manufacturers scoring those three, which I thought was great. Uh, and then, of course, you're three, you know, you throw in the factory cart win, the American-made cart that uh, Billy Musgrave makes that uh, one with John Crow. So, all in all, good lineup of race winners as part of the Constructors Championship breakdown. Let's wrap it all up and just cap things off with uh, having a little look at where we're going to be with EK and Trackside over the next couple of months. This edition of the race calendar brought to you by Margay. Are you interested in running a cart at one of the biggest karting events in the country? Do you want to be part of the fastest growing series in the sport? Check out Margay Racing's Spec Ignite class and their arrive and drive packages. Nothing matches the affordability and competitive level of the Ignite program. It's just one set of tires, national level caliber drivers, and where the best driver wins over the best equipment. Bring your safety gear and Margay will take care of the rest. Run with Margay at the Rock Island Grand Prix this coming Labor Day weekend. And there are five Ignite Challenge Series running around the country this season. For more information, please visit ignitecarting.com today. Get off the couch and into a race seat in 2022. Speaking of Rock Island, David, where you and I have both run with Margay, actually, as part of their Ignite program, uh, that's the next event for us. We literally Here we are on August the 2nd. we got a month with no karting events that we'll be traveling to at least. And there is kind of a bit of a break in the national action. There are some some regional races. There's going to be a lot of club races, but nationally everybody kind of getting a bit of a breath here. Rock Island next up on Labor Day weekend. Yeah. Uh, 30 days from now, I will be heading my way towards the quad cities, Rock Island and Illinois and Rock Island Grand Prix getting ready to make what I think is what my 18th visit to the rock island so every wow. year since 2004 i have been uh at the rock island grand prix obviously not there during the pandemic but uh set to uh to be back calling the action from saturday and sunday uh lots of uh updates and photos and and just having fun on and off the racetrack at rock island grand prix and then after that, a couple of weeks later, you will be back to Newcastle Motorsports Park once again, the USPKS Hoosier State Grand Prix, the September 16th to 18th weekend, uh, capping off that championship as well. Yeah, excited to wrap up the 2022 season. This is the 10th year for United States Pro Kart Series, so we'll get to decide uh, the seven different champions in those uh, IAMI categories. I think one's already kind of wrapped up with Ryan Norberg, defending that uh, X30 Pro Championship with 
with four or six straight victories in that category. But uh, the rest of the category is certainly going to be up in the air and uh, get two rounds of racing in at Newcastle Motorsports Park. It'll be my second of four visits uh, to come. Uh, in the end of the second half of the season. Yeah, looking at the race calendar, we're talking about September, but we were back for two races at Newcastle in October as well. David and I will both be racing in the Cup Carts North America Grand National. Looking forward to that one. And then just a couple of days later, we'll be there uh, for the U.S. Trophy Final, the Rotax, race Rotax program for the U.S., uh, getting in there to figure out who's going to be part of Team USA for the Rotax Grand Finals here in 2022. David, that wraps things up for this edition of the EKN Debrief. We had a good look at the Scusa Summer Nationals. All told, man, you know, at the end of the weekend, having a cold beer with the Kellys and everybody else, just it was just great weekend. And again, the weather was perfect. Wasn't it was hot, but it wasn't crazy hot, not crazy humid. It, we woke up to rain at the hotel in the morning, so we dodged that bullet. All in all, couldn't have asked for much more for this year's Summer Nationals. Yeah, we did dodge that bullet. Although you know, it's it's been one of those bullets I've been able to dodge all year long, which is yeah, which is I ironic so uh so yeah hopefully we continue that trend uh as we move on throughout the season but you never know with uh with the the fall months coming in and uh us being in newcastle indiana once again so um yeah looking forward to closing out the second half of the season with a lot of racing a lot of different types of racing all the way from briggs to shifter carts to rotax a lot of different racing that'll be coming up and uh, excited to uh to see how the 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 season con- concludes uh as we move forward indeed folks thank you so much for tuning in we do appreciate it, it was a great run this year at the Supercarts usa pro tour we look forward to the summer na- or the super nationals rather the 25th edition of that amazing event uh, hitting that 25 uh, year mark we'll see that in november at the rio all suite hotel and casino again big thank you to the cutchers for having us back for another season our 13th season of course we've covered all of the pro tour races since it launched back in 2010 we look forward to doing uh, many many more thank you so much for tuning in folks on behalf of david cole my name's rob howden bye for now